Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of death racer Edgar Landa, who competed in four death races. Edgar, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. Thanks. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm here in LA. Life is good. That's awesome. That's good. Good Good weather yeah. today? It's a little overcast, but you know, it, pretty much any day in LA is a good day, yeah, weather-wise. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much how it goes. So yeah. how about you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, are you from LA? That's where you live now. And what's your occupation? And what you know, a little bit about your athletic background? Yeah, I was born and raised in LA. Been here my whole life. I've worked in you know, different states, you know, and, and being in LA, I, I'm a little bit of everything. So I'm an actor. I direct, I do a lot of fight choreography for theater. Uh, I've done a little bit of, of stunts for film and TV, but mostly I've done fighting for the stage and I teach stage combat to actors at USC. That's awesome. That sounds like such a fun job. <laughs> it is. It, it's pretty cool. I get to do fun things, you know. You, mostly what I do is a little bit different than what you see on, on film and TV. You know, film and TV is a lot of stunt stuff. I do more hand-to-hand fighting, more, uh, you know, knives and swords and period stuff for the theater. That's super cool. So does that play into your athletic background? Like, how did you get into doing combat training and combat fighting for uh, acting? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's related. You know, I've, I've been pretty active my whole life. You know, uh, growing up as a kid, I played baseball and in high school, I, I was on the, on the swim team and I played, I swam for a park team. You know, I was okay. I wasn't great. I was an average ball player, you know, probably a solid, you know, 275 hitter, you know, okay. line drive hitter. <laughs> and I've always been pretty athletic in terms of like, you know, doing stuff, you know, I played hoops, played, you know, street ball, whatever came along. And, you know, sometime in the early 90s, I think, I, you know, as I was kind of figuring out what I was going to do in the industry, you know, film and TV and theater here, I kind of fell into, into fighting and really not only loved it, but I think was quite good at it, at handling a sword and, you know, throwing a punch. And I just started taking more and more classes. And I started following a guy who is now, you know, became my mentor and my friend. And he kind of passed on some of the work to me. And I just started doing it. And, you know, after about five, six, seven, eight years, people were like, oh, Edgar knows how to, you know, choreograph fights. I didn't really, but I would say yes, you know, and that's how I started. And eventually I'm in a position now where, you know, people call me to, to do fight work for their productions, you know, at small theaters, big theaters in town, big theaters in other places. So, yeah, it, I stay pretty active that way, I, I guess. That's pretty awesome. And so... How did you end up finding like the death race and how did you get into that whole world? Oh man, you know, I don't know if I found the death race or the death race found me. Like yeah. I think a lot of people say that I wasn't a really, I was coming out of a low point in my life. You know, I'd been dumped by my girlfriend at the time, who's now my girlfriend again. I just want to say there's a little side story to that, but you know, I'd been dumped a few years before and I was just coming out of it and, and was trying to figure out, you know what, I'm tired of being sad or lonely or depressed or whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, I did some mud race here in town. I can't remember what, 
I think maybe I, it might've been an early Spartan race. And of course, once you do something like that, like your Facebook advertising, you know, like yep. pegs you. So I saw this thing for the death race and I'm like, Ooh, that looks kind of interesting. And I've always been interested in like crazy shit like that. You know, I went up to, I trekked up to Mount Everest base camp and, you know, like wanted to at some point in my life do a summit attempt. So I saw this advertising for death race and I looked at it. And at the time, you know, this is 2011. There's a couple of videos, you know, of the death race and some like a New York times article, you know, there's a, there's a picture of like, you know, Joe, um, Decker, you know, kicking everybody's butt. And there's a guy with glasses with his face all bloodied up, you know, in the video, you know, (laughs) right. And that's, that's pretty much all there was. And I was like, that's it, man. And I was like, I'm doing this. Fuck it. I'm doing it. You know, I don't care what it is. I'm going to do it. You know, it was like at the time it was like 24, 30 hours, maybe, you know, and I'm like, I can do 30 hours. I can do it 30 hours. So I signed up as soon as they opened the registration. I think a few weeks later I I signed up. So I signed up about a year in advance of the death race. And so that's how I found it. And then a few months later, I think I got in contact with Darren DeHarris. I think I got on the Facebook group for the death race, who were people who were going to do the death race that, that 2012 summer. And I saw this guy, Darren, who lived nearby in Monrovia. So I gave him a call and said, hey, dude, I'm training for this thing. Do you want to do some stuff together? And he was like, yeah, man, we, you know, we're going to train together. You know how Darren is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we actually you know, started getting together. And it, at first, it was just me and Yassel who also did the death race and was a finisher. And it was just us three, maybe another guy. And then the group got bigger and bigger over that year. And it eventually became the Team Sisu, you know? Right. So that's how it started. And then I also called Joe Decker initially just to say, hey, man, can I pick your brain? Can I come down there and pick your brain? And he said, yeah. So I went down there and I ended up doing some, you know, event he was hosting, kicked my ass. And then he did an overnight, you know, 12 hour ruck, what he called the suck, suck, you know, suck events. And he did one or two. And then he decided he was going to do one every month, starting in January, leading up to the death race. So I did each of those, you know, six, I think there were leading up to the death race, January through July. The first one in January, you know, Joe said sometime, you know, after the last one, he said, you know, I thought for sure you were going to quit and we'd never see you again. But I did it, man. And that, that was, I guess, you know, you didn't ask the question directly, but that's kind of how I trained. I, I, I was, you know, I, working with Darren and going down to San Diego and doing Joe Decker's events. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And so you ramped up pretty quickly from going from like that mud run to just training like crazy for this death race. For sure. I mean, I really did train for a year. I mean, the first like from July through December of that first year, I trained, you know, moderately. And I went down and did some events with Joe Decker. And then starting in January, man, I hit it hard. I think I'm, I maybe lost like 15 pounds, you know? Oh, wow. Which for me was a lot. But then for me, that actually became an ideal weight for me to be at. So I was down to like 135, I think, oh, 134 nice. for the, the death race. But yeah, that, that I went full on, man. It was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you found it. How old were you when you competed in the death race the first one? 40, 41? 41? Yeah, 41. Yeah. Awesome. 41. So, so that makes you what? 40? I'm 49 now. 48, 49? 49 yeah. now? Wow. So you found it, you trained for it. And you ended up competing in a few death races. Which death races was it? You did the 2012. I did the summer 2012. I did winter 2013, which is the only one that I DNF'd on. 
I finished summer 2012, DNF winter 2013. I did team death race 2013. I think we came in third place. I can't remember. And then I did Mexico 2014. That's awesome. Those were all pretty awesome death races. Which one was your favorite of those death races? I got to say the summer 2012 was my favorite. I think because it was the first one. And, you know, at the time, I think, you know, the death race has changed over the years. And I think I still got a, a taste of what it was. And just as it was changing into like everybody's doing it and there's lots of videos coming out, you know. and so Right, right. You know, so I still went into it. I think that first death race, not knowing a whole hell of a lot other than what Joe Decker told me, man, which was yeah. don't quit. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best advice. Don't he quit. Can give you is just don't quit and smile. He said, "Keep smiling and don't quit." And it sounds stupid, like stupid advice, but I gotta say, man, you know, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Joe because I really, like, I don't think I would have finished not just without the training that I did with him, but like just his, the his positive attitude, man, and the way he just like him and his wife, you know, they really pushed everybody in a really positive way. And, and then he just said, don't quit, man, and keep smiling. And I kept remembering that throughout the, the, that first death race. And, you know, it, it made an impact. Yeah. And like that advice is huge because that's really what it takes is if you can keep smiling, you can get through a lot of shit they throw at you. You can, you can. <laughs> you really, I mean, really, it's, it's, I think that's like what it comes down to. Yeah. So I guess you kind of already answered this question too, is like, why? I guess you were in a funk and you were trying to get yourself out of that funk, right? And so you decided to- Yeah, I was in a funk. And I, yeah. And I just decided to do this thing. And like, you know, I think I had gone to Mount Everest like six months before I signed up for this. And I was just yeah. looking to do stuff and like, you know, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were going into this, you did all these events to train for it. Did you have any fears going into the death race? Was there anything that you were like scared about? I mean, like it sounds like Joe Decker kind of prepared you pretty well, but was there anything? He did. I mean, no, everything, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, again, there weren't a whole lot of videos, you know, a couple of videos and, and they look terrifying, you know, in those videos, there's rain and people are bloodied up and, you know, and they're chopping wood. So I was terrified of everything. Plus I got to be honest, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm five, seven and a, by the time the death race came around, I was at 135, like I said. So wasn't packing a lot of weight. I'm, you know, I'm strong for my size, but I knew going into it that I was going to suffer the weight, you know, if yeah. they made us carry big things. And then I would like make up time on anything that was quick and dirty. But I was scared. I mean, I'll tell you that. I think Darren mentioned this story when you interviewed him. We showed up for the morning in front of the, um, what's it called? The, the market. The general store, the original. The general general store, store, yeah, the general store, yeah. For some, you know, for some bullshit registration that wasn't real. I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but in my imagination, and I think it's actually pretty accurate. Everybody is like six two and jacked, you know, (laughs) and they're all carrying like packs that probably weigh like seventy five pounds, and and I'm like looking at everybody, and they all have beards, you know, and they're like lumberjack types and crossfit, and I'm like. And I look at them and I got scared. I'm like, and then after a minute, I go, fuck these guys. I'm going to finish because they're too big and they're going to get tired. And that's what I thought, you know? Oh, yeah. And that night before, I spent uh, several hours going through my pack, which was really carefully, you know, down to like 26 pounds. And I shedded, I think, another four and a half pounds. I mean, I was oh. counting ounces. Oh, wow. You know? Uh, you yeah. That's impressive. I did. It's, I suffered later for it, but you know, what, what did you sacrifice that like you would have wish you would have had? 
water and water? food. Okay. Yeah, awesome. you know, yeah. we ran out of water. I don't know if you remember. Um, I do. At some point, and I think I just started fishing water out of like the little water puddles on the trail, thinking if I got sick, I'll get sick in a few days and whatever. Right. And I dumped some of my food, which was, um, I mean, I can survive a long time without food, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, so speaking of food, like what did you use to sustain yourself? Uh, I think I had... Yeah, the same crap everybody uses. You know, I had goop packs and bars and gels and, you know, chewies and lickies. Yeah, and all that stuff. All that crap, and which I hated. And I think I only had a few bars because I got so sick of bars over the course of the previous year. I think I packed like four or five slices of pizza and like okay, stuffed them go. in the bottom of my pack, which I forgot about. And then when I found them, it was like, you know. It was like awesome, man. Yeah. But I did nothing really special, you know, Licky's, Chewy, some bars, pizza. And I didn't pack a lot because, you know, I thought we were, based on the videos that we'd seen, I thought we'd come back to base camp, you know, every four or five, six, seven hours. Right. And, you know, we were out for more than 24 yeah. hours that first time. That first day <laughs> we know? were out there for a long time. A long time, yeah. So speaking of, like, what was the most difficult thing out of all the years that you did? What was the most difficult thing they made you do? Well, there was two things. I, I'm not sure which is worse. In the winter death race, you know, standing in the river, oh. pulling out that steel beam. I remember uh, watching you and that just looked so miserable, man. Yeah, I mean, some people were like, like my feet were in such pain, you know, from being in the water that at one point I, you know, I came out because we were allowed to come up for a few minutes and I came out and, you know, I'd only been out for a few minutes and Joe started yelling at me that he was going to disqualify me if I didn't, or he, he said, no, you're disqualified. And I said, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. He said, you're disqualified, you're disqualified. I said, no, no, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And yeah. he said, so he, he made me swim across the, the I, river underwater. That. that was right? just so bad to watch, dude. You were swimming <laughs> and like, it was freezing cold water. It was probably what, 14 degrees out? Yeah, who knows? Uh, oh but, man. So that was the first one. And then the second one, as you know, was carrying the, the tire through blood route. And, you know, we were part of team tire that, yes. that summer. That and for those of you know, for the listeners that don't know, at that race, we were all divided into groups and we were all forced to carry either, I think, a canoe, a kayak, the big ass tractor tire, a pipe, right? Yeah, um, the, the slosh pipe with the slosh the pipe. Yeah. And then we, we hiked up to some point and we did it like a thousand burpees and then we traded not knowing what was going to come next and people trade. And so we ended up with the tire and then we kept that tire for the, like the next 20 plus miles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Through like, narrow, narrow, through very narrow trail. So we couldn't roll it. We couldn't carry it with more than two people at a time on it. So we were literally on that trail for, you know, 18 miles or however long that is, it would be two people carrying it for 20 feet and then we'd switch out. Two more people would carry it for 20 feet and we'd switch out. And we did it that way the whole friggin' way. And we were the last team, right? Everybody yeah. passed us. Yeah. Yeah. We it didn't was, even make the so swim bad. at the we're, lake. We're, we didn't make the swim. We were so far behind when we got there. They were yeah. just surprised to see us, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like, wait, you guys are still in this? Like, you guys still moving that tire? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We And then we missed a, the test, I think. We got there. Well, and so everybody yeah, got right. to rest, I think. There while was they, a test. There was an yeah, but every, Well, we, 
the test was still during the carry. So it, everybody got to rest during the test, but we came in right at the last minute and they said, all right, keep going. And we're like, fuck man, no rest. We said keep suffering. So that was, that was awful. I mean, I, that was like, you know, tear inducing. I have to it say was. that was rough. Yeah. That was really rough. So that was like the most difficult. What was the most like silly or interesting one? Well, you know, I didn't get to the origami either. So, yeah. You know, I mean, that all of us who were on Team Tire, I think, fell way, way behind on everything, you know? Yeah. And then I was also penalized at some point because we were one of the, like, the people who, I think we had to go find things and we couldn't find them. And I don't even remember what it was, but we were called part of the cheaters. Yeah. So we had to go down to Amy Farm twice, I think, before we were allowed to continue. It was... I mean, I don't even remember the exact details, but um, that was the year of betrayal, and that was when with you had to like go find a stick or something, a with, stick, like, a number and, on and it. So, yeah, and so I thought were, people were changing the numbers and messing exactly up exactly it, the whole thing became a disaster. I mean, like, yeah, if whether or not that was like purposeful betrayal, I feel like they totally like. They didn't have to do anything. It, they didn't like, have to do anything, yeah. It, it all happened the phone. No, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at some point, like, at the 60-hour mark or something, or the 50-hour mark or something, we're going back down the, you know, Joe's Mountain, back to Amy Farm, I think. And we're being guided by Mark Jones, or Mark Jones is with us because he's our, you know, our crew. But, man, whether this is true or not, I thought he was a mole. And yeah. I started yelling at him. I started screaming at him because, you know, I didn't believe where he was leading us. I said, no, you're lying to us. You're lying to us. Fuck you, Mark. I love Mark. Hi, Mark. I love you, man. <laughs> but, but I swear to God, I thought you were a mole, you know, and he told him, well, fuck you guys. And you do what you want. I'm taking off. And, you know, I think Darren said, no, 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 you're okay, dude. You know, just take us where you, you need to take us. And I was pissed, though. I was pissed, pissed, man. And I don't get pissed, but I was so, so angry because I, I, I believed in my heart that he was a mole. <laughs> Dude, like, I remember, like, all of a sudden people were just starting to do that. We were accusing each other of being moles. Like, I, and I don't even yeah. remember, like, what would be the reasoning why we were, like, picking out whoever we would pick out, like Mark Jones or someone. It just We would just pick out anyone because we were basically just convinced that they were betraying us because of the theme. Oh, yeah. I got into a screaming match with somebody else right before we went up Joe's Mountain carrying the, the bags of concrete oh, mix, God, you know? Yeah. And oh, I got yeah. into a screaming match with Damien, who's the sweetest right. dude, and I, like and we were screaming at each other, man. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> he was accusing me of, me of being a mole out of the blue, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the year so, of yeah. betrayal. That was such a good one. <laughs> that, that was good, yeah. So, we talked about what you ate. We talked about that. So, what was, like, your... Did you do anything to stay awake? Did you like caffeine or anything? Or did you just pure energy power? You know, I think it was just maybe I can't say for sure. Maybe I popped a caffeine pill or, you, you yeah. know, maybe. But I have to say, you know, this is where, where I felt like that moment where I got really scared because everybody was 6'2 and jacked like a lumberjack, you know? Yeah. And part of what brought me back, I mean, my heart was beating all the way up to when we got, you know, weighted or weighed part of what kind of settled me was knowing that those guys were going to get tired because they were so big and carrying way too much equipment and knowing that I did really well with with no sleep like I could go I was sure I could go 48 hours with no sleep no problem and I did did you have like previous like was it just from doing some of the suck events or like what gave you that confidence 
partly doing the the suck events for sure, but also just like, you know, just in, in what I do, you know, going, being at work all day, going to my theater at night, staying all night, you know, working on the set, you know, finishing up at 7am, going home, showering, going to work, and then yeah. doing it again the same night without any sleep. So I'm, I was used to that as long as I'm moving and I'm doing something and my I mind is focused, I, I can stay awake. So I wasn't too worried about the sleep. I did hallucinate. And I know what you're going to ask me about that. But I did really well with little sleep and almost no food. I can keep going. That's awesome. That's definitely like a superpower that helps you get through. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, but I gotta say, I do suffer on those carries when there's weight involved. I, totally. you know, it's, it's awful. That's, that's your trade-off. So you gotta, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What, what was the hallucination? What did you see? Well, this was in the, the team death race. You know, I was running with Matt Francie and um, who else was on my team? Oh, I can't remember. I was running, I was running with somebody and I looked over to my right and I saw the Domino's pizza guy you know, <laughs> bounding through the woods with pizza. And I, here's the fucked up thing, though. The guy I was with, he goes, he saw the same guy. And I don't know if there's like some sort of like, you know, mass illusion thing that happens, but we both saw this pizza guy. The funny thing was that I knew I was hallucinating. Yeah. At the same time that I was hallucinating, you know, yeah. like I knew it was a hallucination and I was like, oh man, this is, this is like, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I saw, I saw pizza guy bounding through the woods. So, so you're, you're, you're hoping for some pizza maybe. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah. I saw this dude in the death race. I saw a guy, I was going up Joe's mountain and he was coming down. And as he passed me, like, you know, you say hello to people. Hey, how you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And we stopped for a second. He said something to me, but everything he said was complete gibberish. Like, <laughs> and I don't know if it was me that hallucinated it or if he was just speaking in like tongues, basically. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't understand any, this guy's fucked is what I thought. This guy's fucked and I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to like nod my head, wish him luck and keep going. <laughs> and that's what I did, man. <laughs> Cause I didn't know what he said. I have no clue. No clue. That's funny. I mean, but when you're that far in, that's kind of what happens sometimes, you just, you know. Yeah, so man. you finished all but one, which mm -hmm. was winter. What happened at yeah. winter? You know, at winter, I got it in my head. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd, we'd been in the water all day and my feet were frozen and they hurt. And I knew that we were going to be going up and down Joe's Mountain all night long, you know. And I was afraid that, like, my feet were going to freeze i don't know what i was afraid of and that i wouldn't be able to come down it was illogical but oh. you know you're in you're in it yeah. and i i didn't really think i just said i'm done yeah. and i quit and as soon as i quit i regretted it you Is know that? yeah instantly you know but i didn't mope actually i i said you know fucking ball up you quit live with it and so i stayed there for the i think mo all night and just kind of help people as they came in and you know, I was really rooting for uh, Peter, St. Peter, you know, yeah. remember that, you know, to, to finish. That. And, you know, that guy, I mean, you know, he's a trooper, man, yeah, you know, is. and uh, he fell into the river, I think, at some point, you know, going up. up he on had a rough river. race and he, he got through that, man. He was, he, he, was a, he got through it, man, you know, yeah. So that's the only one I just got it in my head and, you know, but what can you do? Yeah, totally. So for the death races that you finished, what were like? your defining moments? Well, 
I mean, the, I'll say the, the Mexico death race was just fun, you know? Yeah. It was just what was, a, what was your favorite part about? It? I mean, I, it was uh, awesome destination, the, but like uh, the destination. I mean, yeah, of course. But uh, the, the, my favorite part was the uh, the bulls because it felt like that was a true, unique death race experience when they they threw us into the bull ring with bulls, but they weren't really bulls. They were small, like cows with horns. They were like female. Yeah, they're female yeah. cows. They weren't going. But you're it. But when you're in the ring with them, and they're there, coming, and like they're the, coming at you. Yeah, you know, and they could have, I mean, they could have definitely injured you with the, you know, but I think the first people that went into the ring were, they had their hands tied, but they kept getting mauled. Like they were getting beat up. So they they started untying people's hands and and we had to go into the ring and all the, the, our bib numbers were in the middle of the ring. So first we had to like run across the ring, look up our bib number and then find our shirt in the middle of the ring and get the hell out before we got run over by, by the little bull. Right. That was awesome, man. There's a video that I saw I later was, where was so crazy watching that, man. Yeah, that was awesome. And there was a, there's a video I saw later where where one of those little bulls almost nailed me in the ass. You know, like it was like oh, inches shit. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I remember seeing some of the video clips from it, and and they were. I mean, yeah, they were they weren't going to kill anyone, but they were not. They weren't friendly either. They were definitely no. they were a little aggressive. They were coming at everyone, and I, it was I, it was crazy to watch. <laughs> I'll tell you what that that was fun. There was another moment where um that was fun about that race is at some point we were going up a mountain in the middle of the night, and there was like a bottleneck somewhere, and I just I kind of scrambled around it and like pushed my way up, and went and I and I passed Mark Jones. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I passed Mark Jones, man. <laughs> and I was like, you know, in like second or third place, you know, I mean, this was only like 10 hours into the race, but I'm feeling good because I'm ahead of Mark Jones. You know, Mark Jones is just biding his time, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and like an hour later, he comes like sprinting past me on, on the mountain, you know, and like just waves at me, I think, you know, <laughs> but I was, I was in the lead ahead of Mark Jones for a, a whole hour. Hey yeah. man, it feels good. It feels good when you get in the lead, that's for sure. <laughs> so that was one. I mean, the defining moment in the summer death race, I'll tell you this. I almost quit the death race in summer. Did you? Yeah, there was a moment. So I think it was when we picked up the cement bags, you okay. know, and we had to carry them up to Joe's Mountain along with all our gear, you know. So I had to carry all my gear in my bucket right. because the sandbag, I threw it in my pack. You know, I mean, the, the cement bag, which was like 60, 70 pounds, I think, right? Yeah, they were like 60-pound bags, I think. Yeah. And right before you got to the river crossing, I think I was with Yassel and a few other people. And I think I may have started to cry. I don't remember, man. It was a, it was a dark moment. And I sat down and I said, I'm done. And I'm done. And so I sat there for like 20 minutes or so with Yassel. Yeah. And Yassel's crying. You know, I'm all, you know, disappointed. I don't know who else was with me. Maybe Damien was with me and we're sitting there and I'm just kind of, I'm the only reason I'm still sitting there is because I was too tired to go back to the farm and officially quit, you know? Right. But I'd said I'm done. And so we were there for like half an hour and then Darren DeHarris ambles by, I, I, I don't know. I think he's on a crutch or he's on crutches or, you know, I mean, he's all kinds of fucked up too because of what happened to him earlier in the day. And Mark Jones is with him and somebody else and they're like pushing him. And I saw that shit and I got pissed because I'm like, if Darren can, you know, he's all fucked up. If he's going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. And I think Mark Jones yelled at me and told me to get my ass up and stop crying. I think that's what he said. I don't remember, but he yelled at me. 
you know, yeah. he screamed at me something. And so I got up and Yassel, of course, because I was going to go and Darren was going, Yassel got up and she's like, just, you know, bawling because she's in so much pain and distress. And we just keep walking, man. I think Patrick Walsh is with us and we keep walking and we make it to the top of, the, of Joe's mountain. So that was a defining moment because in my yeah, head, I quit, you know, yeah, you, you had already quit, but then thankfully they came by and they came by. Yeah. They came by yeah. and gave you that, like that little boost you needed, that little kick in the ass. Yeah, for sure. So that got you, that got you through. And then, and then you guys finished, right? Like basically pretty soon after that. I think we went up that took forever, you know, and then, that, yeah. And then we came back down, but we went to the wrong place. We went back to Amy farm instead of Riverside and there was nobody there. We were at our base camp. I think we dug out like old pizza from two days ago, like it's from the <laughs> trash can, literally from the trash can and ate pizza crust. <laughs> and then we went over to Riverside Farm for the last challenge. The log rolling challenge. The log roll, yeah. Or the, uh, the, yeah, the bear rolls, yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. That was yeah. terrible. But I did really well. Like, I went through it really fast. But I kept did you get through pretty quick? Yeah, I mean, it was like three hours, you know. But I kept falling asleep. Every time I'd come out of a, <laughs> out of a roll, I'd be dead asleep. Wake, you know, they have to wake me up. Yeah. Did you have any like puking issues in there? Did you? No, no, uh, no, no puke. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was dizzy, you know, after every 10 or so rolls, I'd have to stop and kind of get my, yeah, yeah. But no puking. No, that was pretty solid. That's good. How about that bucket staring? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I, I know people were like, it wasn't that bad to me. I didn't get, no. I didn't get nauseous or no, it was fine. I was like, maybe I was too tired to really Man, like smell it. You got, you got a strong stomach or something. <laughs> <laughs> that thing messed me. So for all this death races, where did your courage come from to do these, these events? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if it's courage. I have to say, you know, for me, I don't think it's courage. For me, it's just the idea that people think I'm not, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. incentivizes me to do it okay. you know yeah even if there is no actual if there aren't actual people saying you can't do it in my head i think they're yeah. maybe thinking it yeah. you know so when i walk up and i see all these big guys in my head i think all these motherfuckers think i'm not going to finish because i'm small right so i'm going to finish motherfuckers that's what i yeah. think you know yeah so I think that's part of it and i know you know people are going to say it's like a small man complex it's not i, I mean i'm happy to you know I can't do everything. I'm, and it's, it's not that it's just I, like, I, it, if I set my mind to it, I'm going to do everything I can to finish it. And, you know, one of the other things I think that, that Joe said once is there are worse things that people suffer through than a death race in life. And I thought about that too. And it's like, you know, there are people who are doing much worse things, whether it's a job or they're in the military or, you know, they have some physical issue, you know, that who suffer on a daily basis far worse than, than I'm going to suffer in, in three days. So stop crying and just and keep moving forward, you know? Totally, totally. And I think, you know, it's people might make the comment about it being a small thing, but I think you make a good point. It's you're going out there and you're proving to yourself, like, I can fucking do this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like anything, you know, I mean, in what I do on a, on a daily basis, you know, as an artist, I should say, I mean, there is almost daily rejection. Right. And some people can't, you know, after five years, 10 years of, of that kind of, they're, they're done. And I told myself that I would never, ever quit. That no matter what, I was going to find a place somehow. I was going to find a place as an artist here and I was going to do it, you know? And there was no, like, there was no other option for me. So at the death race, that summer one, I really went into it with like, you know, 
quitting is not an option. Yeah. And I did. I did quit, you, right? You quit for like 20 minutes in and your head. I did. But luckily, uh, you know, Darren rolled by and, and, and it kind of brought me back, you know, and I, and I think I just needed to, to wallow for those 20 minutes, you know, maybe I would have continued even if he hadn't, you know, walked by, maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, shit happens for the reason they happen, you know. Totally. So what do you think in terms of, you know, you did a few different death races. What wisdom did you gain from doing these death races? A couple things, I think that I still kind of think about enjoy the beauty of the places that I'm in and really kind of acknowledge for myself, the privileged position that I'm in to be able to do this. Cause I'm paying money to do this. Right. In, in <laughs> like some really, yeah. You're paying yeah right. But in some really beautiful places. And so usually during one of these events, you know, even a, a short event, even if I'm doing like, like a Spartan race, you know, at some point I stop and I kind of just stop and kind of look at my surroundings because I'm lucky to be able to do it. I'm lucky that I can afford to do this, these kinds of things. I'm lucky that I can travel to do these kinds of things. So it's a privileged thing that we get to do, those of us who do these types of events. you know. And some people do sacrifice a lot to be able to save up the money or for the trip or whatever. But it's a privileged thing we get to do. And I just kind of like to acknowledge it you know, when I'm doing an event and taking the beauty of what I get to see that sometimes other people don't get to see. you know? Yeah, man. That's definitely one of the best things about it. It's just being able to realize what we get to do. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and you know, other people have said this, ultimately it's not about winning. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that there is such a thing as a winner in the death race because everyone's race, death race is their own race. You yeah. Know? Everyone's race is so different. We did the same event, but we had two different races, two different experiences, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's ultimately about for me, just enjoying the, the experience and, Join it. Yeah. yeah, man. That's that's what it's all about. So do you think you would ever do the death race again? It's back. I know. You know, I wanted to do it a few years ago. It just there I do have a big conflict now. The past four or five years I, I have a summer directing gig. Oh, yeah. So that used yeah, well you, yes. you went to my show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Such a good show. So yeah, you can go yeah, so it con- yeah, so it conflicts with the, the death race date now. But I do have a niche to go back and to do it again. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got an <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there there are other cool events too that I've done that I'd like to, you know, I mean, I've done you know the survival run that Josue yeah. Stevens used to do in Nicaragua and TPK over in Arizona. There's a few other ones I would I would I think the what's his name um uh, the Gauntlet down in Georgia. Gauntlet, yeah, uh, yeah. Andy, uh, Matt Waller. And Matt Waller, yeah. I'd like to do his event, at, you know, at some point. Yeah, I'd go back and do the death race, I think. For That's sure. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about <laughs> it. I've definitely thought about it. I could see I could see maybe like a 10-year reunion 2022. I don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> so usually towards the end of the, the conversation, I like to ask about like if there's any books that you have that you like to read or that you would recommend people read to prepare for a death race. No, I'm not much of an inspirational guy in terms of reading inspirational books. I mean, yeah. I do, you know, like I... When I was on this Mount Everest craze, I read it, you know, everything I could about Mount Everest and people's experiences about the, you know, going up and, and whatnot. And I found some of that stuff really quite inspirational, but nothing specific, you know. I mean, there are people who are doing the human mind and the human body can do amazing things. And, and then some people then are pushing the envelope in ways that are, 
you know, I mean, you look at someone like Alex Honnold and this thing, he has a gift that goes yeah. beyond his physical ability. You just can't duplicate whatever it is. He has a gift. And what he does is terrifying. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> but there's this amazing beauty in what he does. There's an amazing beauty in, in that, in the purity of what he does. I don't know that I have any, I don't have any recommendations. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And so what's next for you? Um, is there any events that you are going to be doing anytime soon that are coming up? I'm trying to think, I, I, you know, I was actually injured for the first time this past year. Oh um, man, what happened? Well, you know, I tore my, the, like a muscle, I think in my left bicep going over an inverted wall at a Spartan race, Oh man. <laughs> of all things, you know, in Mexico. So I was out since May. Healed up now or? Not, I can bang out about 20 push-ups now, you know, okay. which I, okay. I couldn't even do a month ago. So I have to, you know, like kind of start from zero. I'm signed up for like the North American OCR championships in Vermont. Okay, cool. I'm planning on doing the, if you know, because I work for an OCR company. If I don't have to work, I, I'm going to try to do the ultra in Sweden. Oh, sweet. That'd be cool. I did the Iceland one a couple of years ago, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I bet that one looked like it was a good time. Yeah, man, that was that was a cool twenty four hours. It was cold. Oh, um, I can imagine. But it was good. It was fun, and so I'm, I want to do it again. You know, it's in Sweden now, so I'll do that. That'll I don't nice. know. So there's a couple of things I have my eyes on that I'd like to do. You know, the gauntlet. A lot of it is really timing now. It making sure that I that it fits in my schedule. That's totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's usually what it comes down to is, is can I make the trip out here at this time and does it work? Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Well, awesome. It's been great chatting with you. Do you have any social media channels you want to share or? <laughs> nah. I have a Twitter that I never use. I have an Instagram that I never use. Totally. You know, you can find me. I mean, I think I'm Edgar in LA on Twitter. And I think on, <laughs> I'm, on Instagram, I'm, I'm fight dude 2000, I think. Oh, but you know what? You can go to my website, www.mymuddyshoes.com. It's out of date, but I'm actually in the process of um, getting it up to date. So there you go. My, mymuddyshoes.com. There you go, mymuddyshoes.com. Well, Edgar, it's been awesome talking with you. Thank you so Thanks, much man. for being on the show. Stay tuned for more legends from other past death racers. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Just a quick reminder, my book is coming out in a couple weeks. If you haven't already, get on the website and go sign up to get on the pre-order list. And thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search the handle at That Endurance Guy or visit ThatEnduranceGuy.com. We'll see you next time on the Legend of Death Race podcast. Now go create your own legend. Legend.